Burlesque Stripped Down, episode number 36. Welcome back again, ladies and gentlemen. This is Velvet Eau Claire, your guide through all of the secrets, the saucy secrets, the sexy secrets, and sometimes the not-so-sexy secrets of us, the ladies and gents behind the tassels. If you listened to our episode that came out this last Monday, you heard my fabulous, giggly interview with the beautiful Red Hot Annie. We chatted and bonded about all sorts of things. And I'm super excited to have Annie still, I guess for me it's still, or for you it's back with us today. Um, and we're going to chat about some of our some of her hot tips. In particular, we're going to talk a little bit about how to develop your very first burlesque solo number. So first of all, welcome back, Annie. Thanks for uh, coming back in with us. Hi again. Yay. <laughs> all right, so what do you got for us? Tell us, you know, if we got somebody new who's maybe performed as a group or maybe hasn't performed at all, what do you got for them as far as how to develop that solo number? Well, I think the key to performing or to developing a really great solo is um, all about taking baby steps. So um, uh, I think the best place to start is to start with some basic movement um, and just playing, a lot of playing. I think like a couple hours of playing before you even really start to uh, start to totally uh, create choreography. And mm. playing for me can range uh, from um, putting music on and sort of just dancing around uh, to not even having music on, perhaps talking or um, expressing yourself with uh, paint, uh, like on a canvas or something like this. But basically a couple hours of just playtime. Um, and, dr and during that playtime, uh, you're actually basically just asking the universe or asking uh, the open spaces around you to inspire you uh, and to give you some, um, some, some inspiration that is hopefully uh, not so, uh, not so internet uh, based, <laughs> I guess. Uh, you're, you're unplugging essentially for a couple hours. Um, after you've Excellent. spent some time unplugged, unplugged, uh, and playing, um, I, my best suggestion for people who are just starting to develop a burlesque solo, uh, is to actually start with just a 30 second or 60 sec second section of the music that they're, uh, that they're inspired by. Um, and to just choreograph something very, very tight and sharp for that 30 to 60 seconds. Uh, mm. It's really easy for people to take like three minutes or four minutes and try to choreograph the entire piece all at once. And I think that it can sometimes be overwhelming. And a lot of times uh, when you are trying to choreograph three or four minutes, it becomes sort of underdeveloped in some areas and never totally fully developed in any of the areas. Mm -hmm. um, it's very rare for someone to be able to develop a solo piece, a three to four minute piece, without focusing on short pieces first. Um, and that goes for mm. professionals as well as first time burlesque performers. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to take notes on this. This is a really good, that's a really good um, concept, a good idea. Now for all of this, like for the play part and for, you know, kind of this first 30, 60 seconds, do you suggest kind of doing that totally um, alone in your living room or something? Or do you kind of, do you ever like to do yeah. those kind of play sessions with you know mm. some colleagues or some other people at your level it's super fun to do it with other people if you can um and that's i think finding the right mixture for that is really difficult usually it's still mm. i uh, have found it still needs someone to curate or direct it for the most part mm. 
Um, I have worked on a couple of experimental theater pieces in my, uh, in my theater days uh, that mm -hmm. involved somebody who would basically be the curator or director and essentially they would sit on the side while we played and we would play for literally 60, 60 minutes without any interruption or without any interjection from this person and then they would give us observations and give us some thoughts and directions for the following uh, 60 oh, minutes. So it would be a big section of time when you would be both working autonomously and working in a group simultaneously. Mm. Uh, so that informs a lot of the, uh, of the way that I see playtime to be for performance. Um, it's based, and it is basically just about opening up your mind and trying to not think essentially and just be and do. Mm. Um, so uh, the way that I normally would incorporate this in classes for uh, at our studio is that um, a lot of the uh, first sessions that people take um, are about um, accessing uh, music and being able to create music, uh, uh, create choreography on the spot and sort of just play. Uh, I, I run them through a lot of play exercises that hopefully they take home uh, and mm -hmm. are able to, and able to use <laughs> then. Uh, and then once um, they're at a certain point, we actually um, consider them the, our junior varsity people, at which point we start to work them through this sort of 60 second process. This, um, and you might create, and you might create what would be considered an entirely cohesive 60 second, 60 second act. So it's got a beginning, a middle and end. There's a, uh, there's a fully developed, um, bit within that, that theoretically you can take that 60 second bit and expand it out to three or four minutes. Uh, knowing that you have that at least one really fully developed moment. Very good. So, so when you have kind of a good 60 second bit, perhaps, um, you know, what if for some of our uh, listeners and performers out there, they might not have, they might not be a part of a school or classes. Uh -huh. Do you kind of suggest kind of running that by maybe some other artistic people in your life totally. to get some feedback before yeah, you move on? Totally. Um, and it is hard to find somebody who's really good to get feedback from, I find in the world, uh, because a lot of people don't want to tell you things that hurt your feelings. And some people tell you things that hurt your feelings in a way that's actually not super helpful for performance. Mm -hmm. So you really have to find somebody who is, uh, who can skate the line, who can tell you things that you need to hear, uh, but also not necessarily uh, make you shut down. Definitely. And just as a, you know, I'm sure it depends from person to person, but how long would you suggest that one kind of sits with that 60 second piece and, and kind of percolates uh, on it and practices it, with, it before they move uh, on, you know? Uh, you could sit with that for quite some time because mm -hmm. I know that even pieces that I have that are completely finished, uh, when I work with, um, when I work with a choreographer or a director on them, we will spend literally an entire hour working on, um, a minute of walking or a minute of, of choreography within it. So, uh, it, there, if you're talking about 60 second, a one minute section, um, I mean, it's not too much to spend an hour, two hours, three hours, uh, really developing that section before you continue on. And, um, I'm not somebody who, I guess, I, I think that an act can be done. It can be finished. Um, and I have a couple acts that I think are done and finished, but I also think that there's always, um, room for the technique to move around a little bit. Mm. So, um, sometimes like I will go back and revisit an act that's three or four years old, for example, and my, my intention has changed. Like I'm talking about precision, for example, uh, lately as being, uh, an inspiration. So I'll want to revisit with, 
with the sense of precision uh, where I might have previously been very organic about uh, the approach. Mm. That sounds really super pretentious, but that's no, true. But it's true. And, and it's it goes true. back to like, it goes back, it reminds me of what you said in the very beginning of our interview um, mm -hmm. that came out before, which was that that was one of the things that kind of drew you to burlesque in the first place was mm -hmm. this idea that these pieces are living, breathing, evolving things. Totally. It's not just that we perform them once and get gone, you know, yeah, they change and, and change with our like life stages mm -hmm. as well, you know, wherever we are in our life, whether we're focusing on precision or organicness or whatever, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So for a newer performer, I mean, you know, they've got this 60 second piece, then they can kind of work on expanding it out to uh -huh. like maybe a, f a full length number. And then at what yeah. point do you think they're ready to what at what point would they know that they're ready to really go <laughs> balls deep and do it? <laughs> Pardon the, uh, the expression there. <laughs> that, is one of, that, that one always cracks me up. Um, do you ever really know if you're ready? No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you do. I think I think we mostly just kind of guess, and sometimes the opportunity is what dictates that we're ready. Because sometimes mm -hmm. someone comes to us and says, "I want you to perform that act at my show," then you know it's ready or on the ready <laughs> or on the ready be. spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes, um, sometimes you just have to force it out there and see what it is, and see if it's a piece of shit, uh, and whether or not you should, <laughs> and whether or not you should keep it out there or not. I mean, uh, obviously. You know, um, some pieces are going to be easier to birth than others. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah you, you never really of, know. You never really know. And I, I think, I think, I want to say that the best indicator is whether or not you get booked. But I'm not even sure that that's true because I've known a lot of really great performers, um, and even some really great students who have really great acts that that don't get booked very often. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. The um, it's very complicated. I think it's very hard to say when an act is ready, but agreed. Well, I always come back to I think about um, in my entrepreneurial journey, I came across the the quote from the founder of LinkedIn, who said that if you're not embarrassed by your first product, you launched it too late. You know, this idea that you need to be embarrassed. <laughs> if you're not embarrassed by your first product, then you launched it too late. Oh, that's actually really great. That's Isn't super that good? great. Yeah, that's I have it up fantastic. on a post-it in my room because it's just like, you know, you have to, you know, embarrassment and, you know, similar oh. to what we talked about before about failure, you know, we totally. have to be ready to make those mistakes. So you have to be ready. You And yeah. I think because fundamentally a great performer is vulnerable and that means yes. that you are going to feel badly about some things mm -hmm. uh, because you can't be vulnerable and always be happy about how things turned out. Yeah. I don't think that those things are like, can be, can, can it <laughs> Vulnerability true. means that you are genuinely available for the feedback. Agreed. Uh, that might mean that it's not good sometimes. And I love that <laughs> saying because I think, again, I think you and I are kindred spirits because <laughs> I'm definitely someone who jumps in first and then figures out how to swim. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's what you do. Yeah, I feel you on that. So very last question for, for the people who are thinking about developing their very first number. Um, at what point do you think, do you typically advise adding in the costuming elements and the prop elements and kind of making it more than just choreography and movement? Uh, right from the beginning. So, uh, the, uh, uh, in my mind, a 60, the 60 second, um, segment that you have developed is totally complete, including costumes and including Ooh, awesome. everything. So, okay. um, even though you might have layers that you don't take off during that, element because it's maybe only about a glove tease for example um you would then develop the next portions of what that act might be 
mm -hmm. uh, and how, what other items might be removed or how they might be removed. But yeah, you would be fully in costume. Great. I, I think that's a great point because it's really important, you know, from the beginning because so much of burlesque is this oh. interaction with our costumes and with our props and things. It's important to have those from the beginning. It's Absolutely. not like in a theater where you work on all the lines and the movements and then you add the costumes at the very end. Yeah, often. costumes play a very small part in theater relative to burlesque. Right. Indeed. Yeah. Burlesque is a lot about those costumes. It is. So just to recap, so if we've got somebody who's brand new, maybe has done some group stuff, maybe mm -hmm. hasn't, your mm -hmm. advice is to A, to start with a lot of baby steps, to uh -huh. start with that kind of play time, at least mm -hmm. like 60 minutes of just feeling stuff. Do you, do we want music during that time or just yeah. movement or all of it? Yeah, I think you can have music, but it shouldn't be the music that you're going to use necessarily. It should just be f f all for funsies, all for funsies. Awesome. Awesome. Then we kind of move into com into creating a complete 30 to 60 second kind of blurb, I guess, or mm -hmm. <laughs> something mm -hmm. like that. That's yep. fully complete with costumes and everything. Sitting on that for a while, percolating with that, getting some feedback on that, and then expanding out to a mm -hmm. full number that we can take to producers or to our own shows or whatever it is. Absolutely. Yep. Sweet. That sounds like it. I'm sure we could get a little bit, you know, we could get even more into, you know, uh -huh. deciding what choreography is and all of that. But sure. that's what the, your, your classes are for at Wadzilla, yeah. right? <laughs> uh -huh. and, it's, and it's so personal. I mean, some people do exactly. dance and some people don't. So, uh, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Sweet. Well, hopefully that um, some of you listening, you know, whether you are a first, you know, a, a first time performer or like I said, for me, I'm going to take some of this advice, too. I'm going to have some playtime this weekend. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. <laughs> and um, so, it, you know, let us know what you thought of this. I'm sure myself and uh, Annie, we would both love to hear what mm -hmm. you what you thought of this, if you're going to use this, um, you know, if you have used this type of thing before, what worked, what didn't. So definitely send me an email velvet at burlesque strip down dot com. You can also um, so that it's already public. Uh, you can add a comment to the show show notes for this episode, which will be accessible through burlesquestripdown.com slash Annie, A-N-N-I-E. Uh, you could add a Facebook comment. You know, Facebook is Burlesque Stripped Down. Instagram is Velvet Eau Claire. Twitter is Velvet Eau Claire. All the places. There's many, many places, and I try to check them all every Yay. day because <laughs> life uh -huh. is crazy. So. But we, I'm sure we'd both love to hear kind of what you do or what you're going to do or what yeah. you're hoping to do all that good stuff yeah absolutely sweet well miss red hot annie is there <laughs> anything else you wanted to add about developing your very first burlesque solo number no i can't think of anything thank you so much for having me of course that was a great little um in a nutshell version and i hope it helps some of you everybody make sure that you head over to the website you'll find all the links where to find uh, red hot annie all over the interwebs and in person if you're ever in chicago um you can comment and interact with us share this episode with your friends and of course, make sure that you always stay sexy. Stay sexy.